Welcome to episode 49 of the Jungle Brothers podcast. Uh, it's me, Joe Worthington. We've got Paul Fotofili in the house. What's up? Tiara Ward. Hello. And uh, esteemed guest and returning podcaster, Clint Hill. Thanks very much for having me, lads. Welcome. Very, very, very <laughs> happy to be here. Pleasure. Welcome. Uh, we're talking about the journey of the young personal trainer today. We're going to delve into all things coaching. Um, Clint's a bit of a, of a guru in this, in this PT game. Um, so we're going to get wow. into that in a sec. Gee. I wanted to mention a couple of things we've got coming up. We have our bushfire relief workshop happening on Saturday the 8th of Feb. So by the time you're listening to this, that'll be happening on this Saturday. That will be a three-hour workshop here at Jungle Brothers. Starts at 11.30, runs till 2.30. There will be all of the Jungle Brothers founders, us three, as well as uh, the majority of our coaches, and we'll be presenting a fight, lift, move workshop. It's open to all levels. Uh, it's going to be a super fun day. We're going to pass on a bunch of good knowledge to you for whatever kind of training you're doing, wherever you're training at, you'll get a bunch out of it. And all of the proceeds will go towards uh, the New South Wales Rural Fire Service as well as WIRES. We'll just be splitting it down the middle and giving all, all the funds to them. Uh, we want to we raise $6,000 and tickets are 65 bucks as a minimum donation. So you can find the link for that on our Facebook page and also on our Instagram page. Just click the link at the top of our description and you'll, you'll see a button to go straight to it. Uh, it'd be awesome to see you there. Please share the word because... We want to do our bit in trying to use our skills to get some funds for the people who need it because there's some communities that have been devastated. Uh, second piece of info is that our next internship starts on the 19th of March. We do have one place left. So if you're interested in that, and maybe after listening to this episode, you're, there's going to be a few things that you want to sign up for. Um, you can drop us a DM or flick us an email and we can talk more about it. Uh, let's get into it. Big Clint, thanks for joining us, man. Thanks for having me, lads. And uh, again, as uh, as last time, I've ended up with the uh, Little Miss Princess uh, coffee cup. Extremely proud to uh, to be holding this <laughs> esteemed piece of Tupperware. Yes. Famous. Some yep. famous lip, lips have touched that cup. It's true. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, um, there's a bit been going on with you lately. Give us a give us a little rundown of what's been happening. Yeah, well, okay. So I guess the uh, the lowdown, and we'll, we'll kick off with the, uh, with the controversy corner, if you will so uh <laughs> lift performance center uh two weeks ago to, to to today actually um obviously this this podcast will be added on a different date but just uh just for for the record uh we we got a text message very late one evening letting us know that uh the doors would be shut now um i guess this this is an interesting one for me conceptually as as the elder statesman in the room, so to speak, but also, uh, you know, it's not, it's not my first rodeo. This is definitely not the first gym that I've been involved with that's uh, made some shitty business choices, um, done a few little dodgy backhanded deals, and uh, next thing you know, uh, we're, we're locked, locked up and uh, equipment's being sold off and whatever else. So I guess I'll just start with sort of uh, firstly what that, what that means. So lift, lift is... It's a gym in the in sure. Redfern. Yeah, so really popular. It was a pop. It's a popular spot. Five years ago, yeah. when it opened, it was well for the first two years it was open. It was Men's Health Gym of the Year. Oh wow! So, great gym. I so, trained there. Yeah, a bit yeah. In the past. Joey's trained there. Look, it's uh, you know one side of the gym is uh, I would call it gymnastics, bodybuilding, strongman. The other side of the gym is powerlifting and ollie lifting. Um, had an Olympic lifting club, hugely successful weightlifting club and, and powerlifting club. You know, four Australian represent current Australian representatives on the powerlifting. Holy you shit. Know. Yeah, so so we're not talking slouches at all. Um, How many coaches there? So there were 
I guess PT-wise, so sh- like PTs that also did some, some coaching, whether it be group classes, powerlifting classes, ollie classes, uh, was 17. Um, wow. And then on top of that, there was an ART specialist and then... Which course, we have now. Yes, we do. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, so there's all, all kinds of things that, that, you know, start to get questioned. And, and the first one is, firstly, as a business model... How do you make these businesses work? Why is why can something like that fail? And is it predominantly ego or is there something else to it? Now, uh, I guess, you know, in this particular case, and, and look, I'm, I'm not going to hold anything back. I'll, I'll keep everything very honest and upfront. And, and I would also say this to the former owner. So there's, there's nothing that will be said here today that I wouldn't say directly to his face. Um, I understand exactly why he did what he did and I'm sure that he tried absolutely everything that he perceived to be correct right up to the last moment. Now, why I say the words he perceived to be correct is every one of us in this room and every one of your listeners would have been in a situation in their past where they thought to themselves, this is the way to solve this problem. Yet, if you speak to someone else, they would have solved it in a completely different manner. Okay, and uh, I saw I saw T's face earlier before we jumped on air, and and something was said, and I won't repeat exactly what that was, but but basically, T's face was shocked because it's not something that he would have done. But the point of this discussion is sometimes you've got to you've got to look at things a lot more globally. You've got to take away some of the ego. You've got to take away some of the the things that you, I guess, perceive as your truth and realise that someone else can have another truth. So what he attempted to do was keep the business running by changing the structure of the PT, automating some services and doing a whole bunch of different things. Unfortunately, that didn't work. Now, if you come across to what I would have done and what potentially the others in this room would have done and whatever else, they would have thrown themselves into the business. They would have absolutely jumped on it, they would have gotten hold of every sales call, every cold, every cold lead, everything that they could possibly do. Now, instead, he went down the route of hiring a salesperson who was not someone who, who knew the gym industry. So, look, there, there is plenty of opportunity for us to sit here and bag the situation. There's plenty of, of opportunity to, I guess, you know, cut loose on, on the individual. But that's not going to solve any problem. Just for people who don't know what happened at all. Sure. So you got the text, the gym shut the next day is what yeah. we're talking about. So, yeah. uh, the yeah. doors closed, you got members, you got people working there, yep. staff, etc. Yep. How many members? Relying on this so cake f- to eat from. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, that sorry. Was it. So 500, uh, 500 active members. How many coaches? 17. 17. And four full-time staff. It's a lot um, of humans. Yeah, so we got the text message at 9.54pm. Please come in at 10am tomorrow to collect your stuff. We'll have a small, short meeting to uh, explain from the insolvency lawyers what is happening. Boom, done. By 10.22am 10, 10 mm. the following morning, we were, we were padlocked doors and uh, it's uh, all she wrote, gentlemen. Wow. Clutching handfuls of chalk from the chalk bucket on you the way what? out. You know what? What a dick. <laughs> I'm such a dick. The only thing I fucking picked up was my own laptop charger. I could have taken an, any number of things and walked. <laughs> <laughs> and stupidly, I was so shocked. I, well, I weights up. are heavy, man. man you know, yeah, that shit. <laughs> other, other people were sticking incremental plates in their pockets and bailing out the door. I'm not telling you who that was. Yeah. <laughs> 
But I mean, you know, I, it, it's funny, right? Because there's so many things that you, that you think about, like, or maybe that you don't think about, but you're like, fuck. The, the organisation, like, for the, for the company to go down and for the place to close, yep. it's incredibly sad, right? Yep. But then you also, and, you know, for us as business, as business owners, like, we get, I guess we get that it's easy for, it's easy to fuck up. Right? Sure, that's sure. The, that's totally a thing. But the, the thing that, that irritated me about it, and I say irritated because I know that, that Lyft got a lot of support from the industry because people Damn are like, straight. oh, you know, poor guys, like, that was a great gym. They always had the great gear, best intentions and whatever. Yeah. And, and there is that side of it. Yep. But it's also that idea that you have like 17 coaches, so 17 mm-hmm. people who are putting food on their table um, because of this organization and this building. Yep. Um, and then there's, there's writing on the wall, on the wall early yeah. on, right? Yeah. You know that, that the ship's sinking. And so to run it to the bitter end and then tell people, hey, 12 hours from now, it's all over. Yep. And we're bankrupt. That, yep. Yeah, that, that just seems... Mm. It seems uh, dishonest, mean, yeah. responsible, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Look, and and I guess you know I I, I kind of pulled. Uh, so the following morning, you know, uh, apart from the fact that I basically dragged everyone to the pub at ten thirty a.m., but we'll go into that story in a minute. Um, but so basically, what happened after the meeting is I got all of the coaches together, and I just had a few words, and I just said, "Hey guys, look. To be fair, all of these other gyms have already reached out to us and said, hey." If you want to bring your clients in, train them for the next month or so for free, it's yours, right? You know, some of the best gyms in Sydney did that. Fitness Playground, Athletes Authority, just to name a few, right? You guys, of course, 100%. Joey was one of the first people on to me and was like, mate, whatever the fuck you need, right? Now, very simply for me, what that shows is that that this really is a much bigger community than, than most of us really let on to, okay? But the second part of that, and I said this during the discussion, more than 60% of fitness businesses go bankrupt in the first five years. Okay? So if you look at that as Say a... first five years? First five years, yeah. 60%. Are we almost clear? Yeah, I was We've wondering. We've had five Christmas parties. Oh, yeah. yeah. Bam, you're Woo. good. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I think that reduces your risk factor by about 96%. Wow. Okay, so wow. there you go. Home and host, give yourselves a little pat on the back, yeah, lads, okay? Yeah. Um, when do we start paying ourselves? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't say anything about yeah. that, okay? Um, yeah, that's a 10 years. Um, but I guess the, the, the big thing about that is that what does that actually mean to the industry and what is, what is wrong with the industry if that is such a high number, right? And, and, mate, it, it comes down to it. And, you know, we were all talking about this off air. You know, I run a mentorship. You guys run an internship. I run a Cert 3, Cert 4 as an RTO. The concept is that doesn't teach you everything you need to know about running a business, right? We try and delve in those parts. But, like, for example, you know, the, the reason I wrote a Cert 3, Cert 4 is because I argued with Fitness Australia because the business model doesn't even tell you how to fucking pay tax, Mm. Right. Yeah, that's terrible. Right? They that's don't talk bullshit. about it. They don't talk about it. It's a fucking four-page document on on how to make sure that, you know, you get an easy debit system correct. Mm. Like for fuck's sakes, you know, we've got to we've got to be better than that, right? Like, you know, I don't care. We're all sitting here with no shoes on, we're in a comfy, comfy environment. That's what our our environment is about. But that doesn't make you a good businessman. Okay? Now clearly Cato was running a multi-million dollar gym, right? And it fucked up. Somewhere along the line, he made a mistake and he either didn't get the right advice or, realistically, he shouldn't have, he shouldn't have ever moved out of PT. 
He should have stayed mm. as Where the sole making a lucrative. He was uh, he was yeah. killing it as a PT, yeah. and which is what happens, right? You start killing it as a PT and go, fuck, I'm going to open a gym. I've got all this cash. I'm I'm the man, right? There's a big difference between a sole trader. Oh yeah. And running a business. We mm. found that out the hard way. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, totally. And I mean, it's it, it yeah, and it's the the fitness industry is kind of the uh, what's the word? It's like the um, it's the classic industry where you get into the job because you have the passion yeah. and you do the job and then you take the next step because the passion's still there and that's to open a gym. Yep. And then you realize you know fuck all about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And look, you know, it, and I say this all the time, but uh, I'll probably never own a gym because my passion is helping coaches, helping coaches help other people. So that's where mine lies, right? You know, I'll probably write a couple of books. I'll probably do some stuff like that. But I don't think I'll ever own a gym. And if I do, it won't need to make money. I'll have so much cash by that point in time that it won't need to make money. That would be the only way that I would be comfortable running it because the way I would run it wouldn't make fucking money. Yeah. Okay. So that's, you know. And I mean, you know, you look at some of the biggest the biggest groups in, in our industry, you know. Like, so Lyft Performance Centre has gone under with 500 members, 17 coaches. Right, someone like uh, like Keegan, for example, um, the real movement. When he lost focus on on the real movement, he had to basically internally destroy it because he then had Are to. They re- shut down now. No, they reopened. Oh. Right, so the original model just didn't fucking work. Right, he wasn't he wasn't doing some of the right things. He wasn't giving the right advice. He was he just had it messed up. And he just didn't get the right business advice to be savvy enough to make it to make it work. Um, since then, he's gone back, rebranded, and he's he's going hard at it again and doing really well. What was the model there? Was it workshops, certification? Uh, yeah, so you paid a certain amount per week, and then the workshops were included. Yeah. But the problem was, he couldn't keep up to the content that he'd promised to do. Now we've all, you know, you know. Bite off more you can chew and chew like hell, right? Overpromising 100%, right? Like, and the fitness industry is a killer for overpromising and underdelivering rather than underpromising and overdelivering, yep. right? So, um, and again, you know, as I said a minute ago, one of the big things where I argued with Fitness Australia and, and why I, I went in and wrote my own certification in, in personal training was that the business module was so small that I just looked at it and I said, how the fuck do you expect anyone who does this course to come out and not end up in a shit financial position? You know, like I've dealt with, with PTs over the years that hadn't paid tax in six years. I dealt with PTs that couldn't get a personal loan for, tw- for 10 grand. We've dealt with a few who haven't paid taxes for years. Eh? Yeah, yeah. And it's I reckon just it's a conspiracy. Hit me. Well, well think about this this way, like... The less, the, if you fill up all the PT jobs with good PTs, mm-hmm. and then no one's, there's going to be no room for the new wave to come through. So you just send them out. Send out shit ones, let it happen. Fail. You reckon, Clint, that. you reckon Clint's going to get knocked off by the government <laughs> because of his new course? <laughs> Mate, I certainly hope so. That would make my life. <laughs> Seriously, I'd love that. That's a legacy right there. Okay. But supposedly it only takes two poor decisions to lead you to your demise. Really? Yeah, two, two poor decisions. And Fuck, I, think, I should be dead. Well, you know, it's kind of <laughs> like, uh, well, w- one after the other. Ah, okay, right. So you make a poor decision and then you make a poor decision off the back of that. Yeah, right. And that can end you. Yeah, wow. And that's how close any business is to failure. To, to failure. Yeah, right. Okay. So, yeah, it's a real tread carefully thing. Look, and I, and That's I my job in this business. I'm like the handbrake. 
Oh, my God. These guys are fucking losing shit. I'm like, whoa, 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 guys. Let's just be serious. Take a step back. Wow. Anyone that knows us knows. You're a funny guy, T. But there's always one in the group, right? But look, I guess the thing with all of this is I believe we've got it wrong. We've got the order wrong, okay? You know, and again, we got we talked all about this a little bit off air, you know, around around your internship and why you created it. And it, it's really simple for me. You guys are allowing people into that internship at a really low cost buy-in to get into the industry, see what all the moving parts are and go, right, okay, which part of this are you good at, T? Which part of this are you at? good at Joey and which part of this you got at Paulie like it's that it's that give and take model right now as a sole trader you got to wear all the hats and that's okay because everything rests with you in a in a gym or a business scenario right there's there's a whole number of things that have to get done and if you guys as as a collaborative can't do it you need to outsource one of those roles and that's sweet but it's also being smart enough to outsource that role you know, and, and that's kind of what I was, uh, I, I'm attracted to with the internships, the mentorships that are out there. You know, there's that concept around looking at how everything comes together and somebody actually having an opportunity to see the behind the scenes stuff, whether it's marketing, whether it's sales, whether it's, fuck, I don't know, how to run a budget. What, it doesn't matter what the moving part is. But if someone's never stepped foot in a gym before as, as, a, as a trainer... They need to know that part because if they don't, then when they do go in and go, oh, fuck, hang on, I didn't think about marketing. I didn't think about social media strategies. I don't, didn't think about sales. Sales, you know? Yeah. Like, like approaching. Well, how do we even take a fucking payment, right? Yeah. Correct. Like, Correct. That, you know, there's some simple shit that is just, yep. you just don't think about it when yep. you're fresh in the game, do you? Yeah. And look, I mean, even down to, like, and let's talk about something like payments. Let's use that as a nice, easy example. So for quite a while, I was using Eventbrite for, for all of my payment structure, right? Like, so if, if any of the workshops I ran, any of the courses I ran, through Eventbrite. Anyway, um, Wade Farmer, who I do some of my, my courses with, did the maths and was like, dude, this is bullshit, they're taking this huge chunk out of this. We can go across to Red Fox, which is another platform, and we were paying like 10 cents a transaction as opposed to 16 bucks 50 per transaction. Wow. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, that's a lot of money when you're talking... So you say Red Fox? Yeah, Red Fox. <laughs> right, that motherfucker. <laughs> Redfox.com.au. Now, um, so, and again, look, that's not my forte. You know, if, if Wade was sitting here, he'd actually be crying laughing right now. Back end... Shit. Front end, amazing. That's me. Full yeah. stop, right? But I also know what I'm not good at, right? Who's Wade? Wade Farmer. So he is a national uh, performance manager for BFIT. Um, so BFIT gyms, uh, I think there's now seven or eight of them across Sydney. Taking off. Uh, they're taking BFIT, off. That's a, it's a... Um a franchise? Yeah, uh, yes. So yep. Group Fitness and PT style franchise uh, started out at Double Bay, and uh, Wade part owns the Neutral Bay gym, uh, but he's also the nat- national programming and, and fitness manager or something along those lines. His title is, but yeah. So I've done all of. Uh, I was Wade's mentor for three years. Yeah. Um, and then helped him 
helped him make the decision to uh, to leave Chocolate Box where he'd uh, he'd started his career and and head over to BeFit as their high performance manager or whatever the the role is. Yeah. So, man, tell us. Um Go into then a little bit what your, you know, so you've mentioned that your, your course that yep. you've built yep. largely was born out of you just not thinking that the current stuff that was on offer was sure. very good. Yeah. You know, it's, um, we, we talked about, uh, I guess, over-promising and under-delivering. Well, I think that's what the current Cert 3, Cert 4 does. Okay, the bare-ass minimum of what the Cert 3, Cert 4 is, and strangely enough, I met with one of your members yesterday who's just started doing her Cert 3, Cert 4, and we were having a conversation, and she was telling me that she is currently, uh, as she's doing the course, she's actually correcting their grammar and resending <laughs> it to them. Oh. So um, we won't mention any names, but I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. Now... Um, does the name start with A in yeah, the next? Yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I guess the, the simple part of, of all of that is that for me, that's what I found. When I looked at it, I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding. This is not good enough to send someone to, to, you know, you're literally sending them to the wolves. You might as well, you know, cut their leg and just throw them into a, a pack of wolves, you know. There's literally no chance of survival with the low, the low budget shit version of the Cert 3, Cert 4. And we've all heard it before, you know, and, and probably each of us in this room, including myself, have said to people, pick the cheapest fucking course get it done and get on the gym floor as quickly as possible because that's where you're going to learn. Yeah. That's a bullshit fucking said attitude. said it so many times. That is so shit. Mm. That's like me saying to you, hey, Joey, you ever driven a car? No, sweet. Here's the keys, mate. Off you go. Like, for fuck's sakes, would you do that to someone? So I guess, you know, that's where that started. So I rewrote that first business module. Just to, just to clarify for yeah, folks, sorry. Cert 3 is your uh, group exercise instructor certification at the moment at the moment right and then cert four is your personal training certificate sure. right yeah so anyone that's working in the industry needs both of those qualifications in order to you know become a personal trainer yeah correct now i've said that to people that yes. have come on with us yep and and uh the reason why i've said that is because the major the majority of the stuff that they learn in in those courses are irrelevant to our business structure mm -hmm. and the model that we and everything actually including yes. our the way we we screen the way we coach the yep. way uh, we progress uh, members through the yep. strength training everything yep. so I've said that many times just choose the fastest one yep and we'll teach you yeah our way yeah so so to me. It, that's that was that had been my belief for a long period of time, mate. And and when I first sat down and looked at how poor the course was, I I, I couldn't see a reason that I would actually tell someone to do it. Mm. Um, so I rewrote the business module first. So now I'm going to get the exact numbers wrong, but but I'll you know to give you to give you some understanding. So the business module at that point was ten or twelve pages long. And of those 10 or 12 pages, there was something like 16 diagrams that took up about a quarter or a half a page each, right? So there was about six pages max of information. As I said, there was no mention of tax, okay? So that's my first red flag, right? So I rewrote the business module the way I believed it should have been written. It was 47 pages long and had six diagrams that were less than a quarter of a page each. Now... Those diagrams with graphs and tables and whatever else, right? Submitted that to Fitness Australia and they go, oh, they don't need to know that shit. Hmm. I was like, you fucking spastics. I was like, seriously, think this through. 
This is terrible, terrible, terrible way to treat people. You want to be in a position that you actually go, okay, come on, what do you want to achieve here? Do you want to be churning out the best quality trainer or do you want to be churning out someone who, like we said before, goes through and gets it done the fastest possible way and then goes to the gym floor and probably can't actually coach anyone. Gets chewed up and spat out. Now, you guys run a very different model, but let's just assume, and Joey, we've both been there, right? Let's go to the gym floor at Fitness First. Oh yeah, Good you're times. about to get, you're about to go into you know, and this is why I use the the lamb and wolf analogy, right? Like Bond Street Fitness First, where I was uh, a PTM for a number of years, we had fifty trainers. Okay, if I got some kid that had just finished their PT course and threw them in front of fifty trainers, do you think they're ever going to get business? Do you think they're ever going to be able to sell themselves? Do you think they're ever going to not have someone look at them and literally tear them to shreds? What's a churn rate with a with a, a gym that size and God that, love that you. many? Thank not, you for not, asking not on this the, question. Not the membership churn rate, but the PT churn. All right, so I'll run you through all of the simple stats. So, firstly, people who buy the course, fifty percent complete it. Okay, so hundred people buy it, fifty complete it just going to run the numbers of the 50 that complete it 25 use it within the first 12 months of those 25 four last more than six months holy the shit fucking racket so four percent make it past six months in the, make it in the past industry six months oh it's a racket yeah absolutely you know what 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 where that uh, i mean it's easy to think okay like get into that kind of environment sure. it's easy to think all right, these new trainers coming in, their competition, you know, I've got to try and close my information off to them. Correct. Keep all my, my, my stuff special, have a, yep. like a little bit of separation from everyone. Don't share my programming. Don't coach this guy up in the hopes that they disappear. Mm-hmm. But then in that, that time, that, that PT is already blowing 20 leads in the gym yep. and destroyed any, uh, like... Uh, relationship between that particular member and their perception of personal training yeah whereas if that 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 particular coach had the uh the other coaches and everyone in the gym supporting them and getting them to a position where they could be established then they burn less leads everyone's making a good income and you, you're re, re, uh, reflecting a, a quality or a level I, I of used coaching. To, I used to say, as a whole. yeah, I used to say quite regularly that if a PT came into a, a, a gym and there was PTs not PTing, so the other PTs that were a part of that gym, if they weren't PTing, leave. Yeah. Now, like, what do you mean? And I said, you actually want to walk onto a gym floor where at all times of the day there are people PTing someone. They're like, why? That means it's too busy and blah, blah, blah. I said, no, that means that that becomes the common perception. It's the culture there. It's yeah. the culture, right? Now, Bond Street was interesting when I started, and I'm going to use that as a nice, easy example because when you've got 50 trainers, it's fucking, it, it changes your perception on almost everything, right? So I remember, you know, some young trainers going, oh, but it's so hard to pick up leads. And I'd say, rightio, so see that guy over there in the, in the green T-shirt. What would you walk up and say to him? And they go, oh, I'd walk up and go, oh, mate, you know, I see you're doing chest. You know, is, is that what you're training today? And I said, bump on. I've heard it 50 times, man. 
seriously, every single time a trainer walks up to someone, they repeat the same bullshit sentences, okay? Personalise it. It's called personal training, okay? So if you see someone's got a cool haircut, say, hey, man, cool haircut, walk off. Next time you see them, have a chat. Oh, hey, man, how you doing, right? The common perception is that you must make a sale day one, right? I've got some amazing sales stats around PT, and one of the best ones is that most people buy between 18 and 16 touch points. Okay, buy at buy between 18 right. and eight and 16 touch points. Now that touch point might be: I walk past Joey in the street and I see fight lift move, and I go, hmm, "Wonder what that is." Walk on. That's point one. Okay. Two days later, I'm scrolling through Instagram, and I see fight lift move come up again boom oh hang on okay i now follow that and i i I go and look and oh that's jungle brothers gym oh shit that's around the corner from me okay cool there's point number two right point number three because they've just looked at that it then starts to filter into the algorithm next thing you know we're looking at it on facebook okay there's three touch points boom then next thing you know we follow it right then all of a sudden we find out when we follow it we've got seven mutual friends Oh, hang on, blah, blah, blah. So all of a sudden it starts to become part of your, your mental furniture, right? So between that eight and 16 touch points, and we don't know any of those points have occurred yet, by the way, not one of them. As a business, Jungle Brothers Gym does not have any idea that that has occurred yet. So that person is up to four to five touch points before they even hit follow. Now... The next thing that occurs is the fuck-up point. And we talked about this two seconds ago. There's, there's a very simple philosophy here that two decisions can be the difference. Joey's walking down the street here in Botany with, uh, with his mobile phone in his hand. He's looking down at the screen. That chick who just was about to, you know, he, she sees the fight lift move coming. But Joey's looking down at his phone screen. Sees him all over Instagram. See, sees him all over Instagram. Looks man. Good. great, dude. Looks amazing. Chat, right? right? Chat. She was that yeah, he's thin. He's but he looks Except, good otherwise. Yes. Sees him unfiltered on the Correct. street. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> oh my God. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> because he's looking at his phone screen, she goes, oh, he's not a good dude. Boom. See you later. Don't you ever look at and your fades phone. Off <laughs> into, and fades street. off into the distance. Or... What are the stats on how many times that's happened to me? Oh, man. Can you tell <laughs> me? Dude, I'll, uh, I'll, check, the, I'll, right check, I'll check the Facebook <laughs> analytics. I don't have it, uh, I don't have it handy. But, um, but the, the, the point <clears> that I'm trying to make is, right, Joey's walking down the street. Instead of having his phone out, he's smiling. Okay? All of a sudden, said chick smiles and waves. Boom. She goes straight back to her phone, back to the gym and goes, you know what? Just going to see what they're like. He looked like a good dude. Hot. So, therefore, Smoking. I'm in, right? Thank you. Now, Realistically, that guy's me up the road, by the way. <laughs> it, it may, and it doesn't matter, right? Where the do you steal a Jungle Brothers T-shirt from, she thinks? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but that's a coloured joke. Oh, it's, that's oh, not oh, a coloured wow. joke. That was oh. definitely racist. Yeah, it was racist. Yeah, we're sure. best friends. I'm allowed to go there. <laughs> <laughs> See, I guess the... And, and the point I'm trying to make is, right, like... And, and we're talking about this with sales, right? We are always selling. Yes. Right? And and if you're always selling, you never actually have to sell. Right? So if if you're automatically in that point where, you know, they're looking at your Instagram, they're they're looking at your social media, they see you walking down the street, they hear you doing some some cool shit on, on, you know, your stories, whatever it happens to be, right? Other people around you build that up and that becomes part of your sales process. 
because you don't know where that person is in that process, right? Now, the second part of it is, and I tell this story all the time as well. The first ever gym I worked in, Fitbods Burwood, okay? 1997, okay? God love it. Um, so I, I was, it was a huge sales culture, this gym. Like it, it, it got me to where I am today, right? And, and the reason that it did is because quite regularly what they did is they talked about what the sales process was for each individual. So what they said at all times, no matter who you spoke to and no matter how that went down, treat that person just the way you want to be treated. So if I know that, that you know, let's say that the poorly is, is likes someone... Likes to be treated like Likes shit. to be treated. <laughs> but, you know, he's one of those guys that doesn't have a lot of cash. It doesn't matter, right? Because you don't know what his situation is going to be in 12 months' time. So if I'm always layering that approach, I'm always setting that up for that sale, you know, and, and you know... Paulie wins the lotto next week and all of a sudden he goes, oh, hey, Clint, I want to do six sessions a week with you now because I just won the lotto, right? You don't know what someone's situation is. Don't make someone's situation what you believe it is. Don't, don't turn it into a story that you've made up, okay? Um, and I think, you know, as, as I went through and, and started looking at all of those factors, these are the things that I wanted to filter into the course. Because these are the things that you wouldn't find in your typical... Yeah, you don't. That you yeah, do. yeah. Because for me, this business is about people. It's about communication. It's not just about the piece of paper, okay? It's about going, oh, hey, you know, you, you've, you're feeling a bit down. Let's, let's talk about some emotional shit at the same time here, right? Like, it's, a, it's the, the business of making people better isn't just about can I fix someone's squat, right? It's about can I make this person's life better? How do I do that? What do I do? How can I help someone... It doesn't have to be lose weight. It doesn't have to be put on weight. It can just be provide them with a community like you guys have done that makes them feel whole. You know, I know so many people that have, that have you know, moved overseas or, or left this gym for whatever reason that still speak so highly of you guys. Now, how many people do you reckon talk about fitness first in the same manner? Mm, not many. It's what we've got to change, man. I mean, no one, no one leaves that gym feeling particularly happy about the way it went down right? correct right like trying to even get out of your contracts like uh like you know stabbing your firstborn child yeah well that's the thing everyone gets burned on the way out correct so like it just leaves you with a bad taste in your mouth yeah yeah what about the your you when the the programming part of your course yep. and like the actual exercise prescription what's what's different about it look uh, i think that's actually probably the area that's the closest to right. be honest um but I just, I just branded it. Like I just, uh, I guess, allow it to, to, uh, to grow a little more, right? Um, you know, I don't a section believe... section on handstands? Correct. Like yeah. things like <laughs> movement prep. Yeah. Okay. Things like understanding that just because, you know, like uh, just because one person wants to be a swimmer and just because one person wants to be a bodybuilder doesn't mean that they can't do the same exercise. They just need to understand... What, what parts of it need to be changed to, to reflect each sport, right? So I think the big drama with the current course is that people look at it and think it's a one-size-fits-all, okay? And, and, you know, the four of us sitting here are very clear on the fact that just because, you know, I, I want to be a fighter doesn't mean 
that I can't do a bodybuilding session every now and then. There's nothing wrong with being a bit jacked, you know. But on the flip side of that, there's also, you know, and, and interestingly enough, there was a, a, a really cool post on the legacy uh, jiu-jitsu page yesterday, which is all of the lift trainers training at legacy. Right. Now, and they just called it a lift reunion. Now, one of the, the trainers in the background there is Rawdon Dubois. Now, oh, is he training jits? Yeah, he's training oh, jits. Now, this is Rawdon Dubois, for those of you who don't know, also an excellent podcast called uh, Under the Bar Podcast with Tommy Hewitt. Um, the, the interesting thing about, about the big Rawdon is that he is an IFBB judge. So he is IFB Pro League, which is one of the biggest federations in Australia for bodybuilding. Now, this dude is he, he's not a small motherfucker. Like, he's, he's got shoulders bigger than my head, right? So watching him do jits is pretty, uh, pretty extreme. And, uh, you know, he looks like a beetroot after about two and a half seconds. <laughs> but the cool part about that is, right, like, it doesn't mean he can't do it. It just means it's slightly more difficult for him. But the point, of, uh, the point I'm trying to make is there is no longer this railroaded, one-size-fits-all business model around programming either right and crossfit did one amazing thing and only one amazing thing uh and that is that it opened really up, fast yeah really fast it, it opened up our eyes to the fact that the the protocols that we were so heavily had ingrained in us you know that you know five sets of five was strength well hang on a sec five sets of five strength yeah sure but so is five sets of three and five sets of four and five sets of six and shit, five sets of seven, for God's sake, you know? So the point is that the, the lines became a little blurry, okay? We still had these CrossFitters and maybe some of them were taking some uh, <coughs> extra, uh, extra sustenance to uh, get that across the zone diet, though. The zone diet, that's right, yeah. Um, maybe a little keto in there at the same time and away you go. But, um, look, the, the concept is that there is no longer that, that hard and fast rule around that. So my programming module makes you look at the whys, makes you look at has the assessment meant that that is why you're programming that way, right? Um, and, and I think clearly for me you must understand that there are other ways now. So, yeah. Mm. So beyond the, you touched on like the, the financial side of it, the tax bit, which mm -hmm. is just a really simple thing. It's like, if you want to run a business and take your own payments and all that kind of shit, you got to pay tax and you got to understand how it all works. What would be, give me another example or two of um, components of your course that just don't exist. Well, in, look, in the other one, or that they do a shit job of. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, I guess the the two the two that I'm probably the most proud of. That's that's probably a better way to uh, to answer your question. The two that I'm the most proud of, uh, other than the business model, which I'm I'm really genuinely super proud of, um, is is the periodization stuff. Like uh, the periodization has been something that I'm huge on and have been huge on for for years. Right. I believe heavily that it that everyone should be treated like an athlete. It doesn't matter whether your goal is to lose 10 kilos or, or your goal is to, to fight in the Olympics. It doesn't matter what your goal is. Treat everyone the same way. If you follow that same methodology, therefore, it, it, it falls into a process that you have for everyone. Um, but my periodization module, super, super pumped about that. Like that's something that, you know, uh, I, I go into some of the history um, because I'm a firm believer if you don't know where our, our industries come from, you, you're kind of doing a bit of a disrespect 
Um, you know, and there was an excellent podcast that I listened to just uh, just a couple of weeks ago before Christmas um, with Joe Rogan and Pavel Tatsilan, mm. which is the uh, the kettlebell god. And uh, so Pavel talks about the fact that in his programming, you do the same weight for about six weeks so that your your bones, your tendons, your ligaments and your muscles actually get an opportunity to customise to that weight before he'll allow you to overload. So his progressive overload structure is slow as shit. But the point is, right, and, and why I'm bringing that particular point up is that I think far too regularly we've got this, this you know, hard and fast rule that says, oh, every week we put 2.5 kilos on the bar and we just keep going that way until we die, right? The point is, and, and what should be understood about our industry is that with periodization, the only thing that matters is did you get to your goal? The four of us could have four totally different methods. You know, and, and Joey and I had an excellent conversation over the phone the other day uh, about, uh, about a, a member here at, at Jungle Brothers that uh, is, is going through some, some stuff that they're, they're trying to get to a particular place in their career. Now, there's, there's so many different methods around the programming that could have been used, but the periodization says that the day that she needs to complete this particular event doesn't move. Now... She may or may not make that. She may or may not win or lose. It's the same as a grand final. It's the same as a, you know, a fight, fight day. You know, it can be whatever it happens to be. But you program backwards from that date, not forwards to that date. And that's why periodization is so important to me. And I, and I really go into a lot of depth around that to give people that really solid point of difference in the, in the industry. The second one, I think, is actually the recovery um, and nutrition modules. Now, recovery again is is something that I've preached heavily on for years and years, because I honestly think it's the missing link for us. You know, we're all sitting here in Sydney, and uh, whilst it's a, a lovely city, it's still certainly a city. There's a whole bunch of environmental activities. There's a whole bunch of things that we can't control. We can control our own personal recovery. So if we have to finish work at 7 o'clock one night, come in here late and do an 8 o'clock class, and then the following morning still have to be up at 6, how do we make our recovery the best for us? Or do we just skip that session at 8 o'clock the night before? How do we make those decisions? What methods can we use to actually work out which one is the right choice for us? You know, and I talk to PTs about this all the time because... In a, in a proper periodization structure, you would probably miss certain, certain sessions. Like if you're a professional athlete, you just drop a whole session out. You know, you get to week four of a, of a heavy lifting program and, and all of a sudden you go, okay, well, instead of doing four days this week, guys, we're going to do two and we're going to cut it down. Well, that'll cut into a PT's bottom line. So therefore, how do we make that work for a PT? Well, we go, okay, we're still going to do the four sessions, but one of them is going to be, you know, a full flexibility session. The other one's going to be half an ice bath and half, you know, sauna, whatever it happens to be. It doesn't matter. The point is we need to look at that logistically, truthfully, and with the client's best interests at heart rather than our own bottom line or our own hip pocket. So, yeah. But re recovery is also something that we touch on with our coaches in the mm -hmm. gym. Uh, about how they structure out their day 
and avoid burnout because yep. it's a very easy industry to, to burn out in yep. because you're working these hours that are uh, antisocial in a way. Uh, you're either working when people aren't working mm-hmm. uh, and if you start building your client base in the morning and then at the evening at the same time of day, and I think every PT on the planet has done this, where their day is turned into like 16 hours or 13 hours and then you get this tight turnaround and you're up the next morning and yep. before you know it, you look fuck. like shit and you feel like crap. And you're snapping and at all your clients. Tr- yeah, you're, you're still trying, trying to sell, sell health. health. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Well, I, I guess there's two things there, right? Like, so the first thing that I'm finding is that, uh, and I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sound a little bit pig-headed as I say this, right? But I didn't have some of those issues. I worked too much as as yeah, and and because of my age, right? Like I was I was a PT before half of the people listening to this podcast were born. But the point is, right, that I quite regularly had clients at two o'clock and three o'clock in the afternoon because I was in the gym finding those people. Mm. So I don't give two shits what people say. Oh, I can't find a client. I can't do this. Blah blah blah. Okay, obviously lifts just shut down. I've now committed to three different gyms to work out of, each of them two days a week. I'm going to be doing two days a week at Lean Performance Centre down in Caringbar, owned by Dean Jamison. I'm going to be doing two days a week at First Grade Fitness in Maroubra, owned by Scott and Aaron Geddes. And then uh, thirdly, I'll be up at Athletes Authority. This is the first time I've dropped that, so uh, that's an interesting one. So I'll be up at Athletes Authority two days, uh, owned by Carl McKenna and and Lockie Wilmot. Where's that? That's in... um, Artarman. Uh, Yeah, so basically... That's not the same as um, Animal Kingdom? No, 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 no. Animal Kingdom is right over in the... Yeah, Northern Uh, Beaches. Athletes authorities... Shan't shan't be going there. Focused on on athlete development. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Quite cool, quite really cool niche. Yeah, yeah. Um, Now, the, the reason that I'm sort of saying that is because, like, my client structure means that I have set up my day that I can work at one, two, three, four o'clock in the afternoon. I don't have to do all the 5 a.m.s and the 6 a.m.s every day religiously. But that's also because I've put in the time to get those hours filled. And I talk to people about this all the time, right? If there's there's a a guy across the road here in Botany that that is coming to the gym at six o'clock and he turns around to his boss and says, hey, I wanna go at two o'clock. Well, his boss has got two options. He can either say yes or no, right? Now, the, the reason I'm bringing that up is I don't think people ask questions enough. I don't think they communicate well enough about what they want, right? If I say one more fucking PT sitting on the grassy knoll at Bondi, I'm going to glass someone, okay? <laughs> it's not the way to get business. Okay, sure, you might have better set of abs than me. Sweet, all three of you do, so that's, that's absolutely fine. But the point is, I challenge you know, just about anyone that, that I would be able to pick up clients faster because firstly the amount of service that I give and that's a huge part of this industry and I think it's one that we drop all the time. The second one is I am available 24-7. My job is other people's health and well-being as are you guys but we all want to structure our business to suit ourselves which is perfect but I don't think people understand the methods to get that done properly. So it sort of, uh, I know I've answered that question in a sort of roundabout way, but for me, every time we say, oh, you know, 
it's too hard to get clients between one and four. Well, guess what? You've just fucking manifested that and made sure you're not fucking getting clients between one and four. Plus you're at the beach in those Plus hours. Plus you're at the beach in those hours yeah. where you're going to find someone. Do you know what I mean? Totally. So, so be, be legit, right? Like, But no one tells you that in the beginning, right? Damn straight. And, no, and, and you're like, well, I got to just take what I can get. Yep. And what I'm getting is the busy. The gym is busy before work. The gym is busy after. So yep. I'm going to take those. Yeah, you bet. You know, whoever I can catch. Yep. And before you know it, you're in that cycle of like exactly like T described before, early mornings, late nights. Yeah. And you feel like a slave to it. Correct. Correct. And that's when you start hating the industry. That's when you start treating people like shit. And that's when you start doing dumb shit. Shit job. You know, like, and, and I just say to everyone all the time, like, you know, if, if someone is an energy thief, get rid of them. No one is worth that kind of pain, right? I don't care. Like, sack half of half of the guys that you're you're training, or keep them for a little while and then switch people in and out. Okay, like, be smart about your decisions. You do what you need to do for your business. I just don't think there's enough real talk about that kind of stuff. You know, there's there's a lot of coaches out there that, that are calling you know change the game and they're doing this and they're doing that and blah blah blah. But I just see some monster fucking egos and, you know, it's all about how, how hard they can strut and how hard they can, you know, tell, tell you that they're, you know, they're amazing clients just done, you know, a 12-week body transformation and gone from 30% body fat to 3% body fat or, you know, a 250-kilo deadlift in, you know, four weeks from never lifting before. To me, that's whatever. I don't give two shits anymore. It's not about that. It's about the person. It's about making them a better person and getting through whatever the goal is for them. So, so in your course, I guess um, you're trying to you're trying to reveal to people the real talk or the realities of the industry or the ins and outs, the day to day stuff that hasn't been shown in courses in the past. Yeah, exactly. And I think you know it, it's it for me the whole concept needs to be look at what the person wants to achieve right so as in the coach going the, into the industry yeah you know because instead of you know like I, I mean i i train a couple of bodybuilders i train a couple of professional athletes i train a shitload of other pts right i i don't train that many regular you know normal people these days who just come in and want to lose five kilos or whatever it happens to be i get the extreme cases mm. but i but i started out just where everyone else did you know with Average Joe that's, you know, going to get married. Nothing average about Joe, mate. Nothing average about Joe. Sorry <laughs> about that, champ. So, but that are going to come into the industry because they, they you know, they'd never been into a gym before, but they're about to get married in 16 weeks, right? Like, we've all been there, okay? <clears throat> and, and that's where the bread and butter comes from. But you still need to be legit and truthful around what you actually want to achieve because it's your business in the end, Right. Um, I wanted to ask, so is your, co uh, your course all done online? Or, yeah. or how is it, what are the options there for someone wanting to do it? So and, was, and yeah, go, that, sorry. Um, uh, if it is online, most of these courses, mine included, has a, a work experience yep. part. And, yep. and that's where you tend to cross into an actual facility and out of your laptop in your yep. little hole. Yep. And, you know, hopefully in that experience is where you get to talk to real PTs and find out a little bit. And often you don't because yeah. they're not in there with a good set of questions or homework given like find out X, Y and Z. It's just yep. like go spend some time and people just sign a little time. Yeah, sheet. look, and, and I guess the, the, the crucial part of this for me is industry experience needs to be good 
industry experience. So how do you weave that into All right. your so, thing? So firstly, industry experience starts day one with me. So you don't you don't you can't just go and sit down and hammer out you know 20 units of the course and and close the books and you know go do 10 hours of you know face to face you know your your mate bobby who's a pt at fitness first signs off on it and says yeah 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 he sat with me and did this there's actually videos that must be submitted Mm. and you've actually got to interview another pt plus you've also got to sit down and go through a series of things that you've got to show yourself coaching now, the point there is that, again, industry standard, that's well and truly above it, okay, which is just mind-blowing for me. I can't believe that we're still in 2020 having a discussion that people don't have to get that kind of hands-on touch point for industry experience, right? So what I've done is I've gone to the gyms of the people that I already know and said, guys, I want to try and make the industry better. The only way to do that is make sure that you guys are available to help this person who is a good fit for your gym. So when someone starts my course, unless they've come to me from an an exact facility, my aim is to actually already start grooming them down the path that they want to go down. So... You know, let's say that, that you know, um, someone comes to me and says, hey, look, I'm, st- I'm currently training at Fitness First. You know, this is what I like doing. I want to be, you know, a competitive bodybuilder, da 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 I will focus their training and mm-hmm. the person that I contact to try and take them on for their, for their actual physical hours. Oh, so you help to set them up. I help to set all of that okay. up. Okay. Yep. Because I, I believe that's one of the biggest issues that occurs. You know, like... It, if, if one of us were doing our course, you know, the, the aim would be to target the actual gym that eventually you want to work in. Yeah. Because if you get that touch point and you don't like it, well, then you still have an opportunity to go elsewhere, you know. So, so that's where I think the, the missing link is. And, and I've talked to a number of gym owners around the fact that they want a longer time to make a decision, a longer uh, interview process per se, you know, and we talked about that a little bit, you know, with you guys, with the methodology around your internship, the 12-week internship, they go through that process. If they're a member, they get that for half price. That's, a, you know, already, a, you know, a, an amazing option for you guys. But at the end of that, you've done 12 weeks of mentoring with this particular person and as an internship, you then get the opportunity to shortlist that person for a coach at your facility. Now, that's, that's one of the best systems I've ever heard. Okay, obviously they've got to have their Cert 3, Cert 4 to get through that process, which is fine, which is obviously where someone like me comes in, give them that opportunity, but I feed them back to that group. So going back to what you're saying about this, this specialising in a way, yes, in a manner, sure. how would you... How would you groom a coach for JBs? <laughs> Great question, man. Mm-hmm. Um, look, apart from the fact that I'd tell them to run a mile, um, I, I'd, I'd want to make sure that they understood that, that it, every gym is unique, right? And, and somewhere like JBs, you know, you, know, you walk in here and, and again, as I walk in the door, you know, I see a coach really intent on his client. Now, I didn't know that particular coach that was downstairs today. It's not someone I've met before, but I watched the way he coached for a couple of minutes just before I snuck upstairs. Now, I do that in every gym I go to because I want to see what's happening in that facility. 
But the first thing that I would say if I was going to groom someone for this particular gym is I would want them to understand all of your classes, okay? They don't have to be good at it. They don't have to be a great fighter. They don't have to be the best movement practitioner. They don't have to be some swollen sexy, okay? But what they do need is that open thought process. They need to be genuine. They need to be caring, okay? I mean, you can't walk in here without seeing how much you guys care about your community, right? The photo on the wall here is your first ever Christmas party. I remember that photo so well. You know, I remember how much you boys party on those particular nights. It might be one time a year <laughs> off of these days for the three of you, but it's also something that, you know, we're sitting here in, in January talking about your Christmas party in December, right? So the point is, this is not a short-term facility, you know, and I would, I would hazard a guess to say that if I compared the stats of how long somebody stays here to the stats of how long somebody stays at another gym, you guys are definitely outweigh a lot of gyms. Oh, okay. yeah, we're very low churn rate yeah, with trainers. Yeah, yeah. So the, the point is and, and why, I'm, why I'm sort of saying that is that I believe that it's, it has to be unique to that person, right? And, and as I've said to Joey in the past and, and, you know, we've talked about this, you know, in depth, that the best, the best place to get a particular trainer from is a gym, you know? If they are already a member at that gym, there's actually a good solid chance that that person probably would like to be a trainer at that gym. That's what's instilled their enjoyment and their, and their want and their need, right? And, you know, if I get a, a guy who's come across from CrossFit, right, teaching them the anatomy and teaching them the human biomech stuff and whatever else, they're not really interested in that, but they need to know it. So it still needs to be enjoyable. It still needs to be fun. So, so as we said a minute ago, tell you that the concept around what you're looking at here is a very different idea to to others. And and you've said before, hurry up and do the fastest possible course so we can get you in here, right? I don't want that to be the case anymore. That's how I want to change the game. I want I want gym owners to be proud of the course that we present. Okay. And even if you don't agree with the assessment method, you should go, you know what, that's not bad. It's just not the way I want to do things, right? So it's, it's like I said before when I was, I was trying to um, be, I guess, understanding of, of how the situation occurred at Lyft, you know, why that occurred, right? It's not perfect. Nothing's perfect. Everything's evolving, okay? And we all should be, okay? Whether it's whether it's the way you treat other humans, whether it's the way you do a course, whether it's the way you want to be seen as a coach, whether it's your own personal education, what you're reading, what you're listening to, what you're believing in, you need to get outside of that circle and see other methods before you can choose the one that's perfect. Okay, and I say this all the time, right? Like, if you guys, you know, haven't done a course, not this year, within the last 12 months, that is totally outside of what you agree with, then you're letting yourself down, okay? If all you're doing is courses on fighting, on movement, stuff like that, then you're letting yourself down. Get out there and do a Lane Norton course on, on you know, uh, some, of the, some of the nutrition stuff. Do something different. Challenge your beliefs because there is so much to learn if we cross over into the other side. Okay, and I don't mean into the other side by, you know, just just looking at other bodybuilders or, or other 
areas of fitness. I mean, actually get out there and do a, go to a business course, go do something totally different that isn't, you know, completely, you know, concentrated in the fitness industry. Mm. Yeah, it's very cool. Nutrition? Did you go into nutrition as well? Yep, yep. Um, still run. Unfortunately, the the uh, the guidelines are still the current guidelines. Um, do I particularly agree with them? No, I don't. Um, but do I believe that that's an essential starting point? Yes, I do. Do we go into nutrition into our internship? I don't think we do, do we? No, we touch on what the we do touch on what the JB values around it are. That's in the book. Can um, I can I ask just just so I'm aware, like what are what like what are the JB values? Um, I believe there's four or mm-hmm. three, but in summary, um, know how to prepare and cook food. Yep, that's the first one. So have a have a good relationship with it. Um, second is to eat seasonally, and then third is to eat real food. Cool. So they're very broad. But they kind of have, they they reflect the values of God. I wish we could eat seasonally in Australia perfectly, right? Uh, but sustainability. That, that, that was where I was saying before about the the issue with living in a city, right? Like fuck me, I walked in, you know, I walked in middle of winter this year and bought two mangoes and was like, fuck, what am I doing? Yeah, that's why I do that. Yeah, what am I doing? Well, that's you got to be diligent. I was right? that excited to see a mango. I have to be honest, but point point is right. Yeah, you got to. I mean, that's part of the education piece, right? Because you're going to go to shops that are going to offer you everything. Hell yeah! But if you, you know, and obviously we all make that mistake, of course. But if you can go home and go, oh, fuck, I shouldn't have bought those mangoes, then that's you're, all right. You're a step closer. Correct. Because you're like, all right, next time I'm going to buy whatever's in season at yeah, winter. Correct. And stick and to some. You're also aware that. It's not mango season because a lot of people don't fucking know. No, don't no, think about it. Know. Well, no, start but looking at Mexican I, dishes. I, I don't think. I don't think people. Grow. Yeah, exactly. I don't think people younger than than me would actually almost remember what seasonal mm. foods are, right? Because I just think. Yeah, Sophie's I, looking I, at me a bit perplexed right now. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like and, and and look, I am no nutrition god or uh, you know to any stretch of the imagination. I fucking hate the nutrition discussion. I think it's shit. Um, you know, because it's it's I, I don't believe in mastering all trades, right? Like I go to a dietitian for for that advice not the other way around right and i've chosen the people that i go to for nutrition advice right i send my athletes to peter carriage i send a lot of other people to to people like thicker nutrition and places like that because for me the concept is mate there's so much out there that's I, i mean i can't even keep up with the research in strength and conditioning let alone the nutrition thing is a fucking mess oh it's a total mess like if you start trying to to get some clarity on it yep it's tough oh hell yeah but I guess that's why our values are uh, you know that's that's what we see is important within that you can do what you want you know if veganism works for you if you like the paleo thing you you have the, the the latitude to play with all those approaches but ultimately, you can still stick to those vays which we believe are important it'd be great one day if we could get rid of some of those labels so hey yes that's that's probably where I fall. Yeah, right. In terms of that, like that name. Yeah. Vegan or keto yeah. or whatever it yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, I'd, I'd love to just run with sustainability, yeah. and whatever sustainability looks like for you is cool. Yeah. Mm. 
Yeah. Yeah, on a number number of different on a levels. number of different things, wow. dude. Yeah. That's like cool. even down to you know one of the things that that I'm trying to do now, and and just so you know, this is this is a little bit on the out there side. Um, I am now using uh, a particular type of plastic bag that I take to the butcher and get them to put the meat in the same bag that has already been used once before, then I wash the bag out. That's cool. And take it back. I love this conversation. Now, for me, that's because what occurred is all of a sudden, a couple of months ago, I was standing there, and and this is only a couple of months ago, dude, so, like, don't... I'm I'm not not reinventing the wheel here. Um, But I was standing there a couple of months ago, and I looked at my recycling bin. I was like, Jesus Christ, look at all of those plastic containers... From oh, my gross. chicken thigh fillet, my <laughs> fish, my steak, my this, my that. And I was like, the fuck am I doing? So I did some research and I found this little cool plastic bag that I can reuse. And away you go. Just wash the motherfucker out and away you go. It's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something that you just like. Yeah. And you're like, oh, well, how else am I meant to buy meat? Yeah. Well, you can actually buy it another way. You can have a crack. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that's mine. There you go. There's my, there's my genius nutrition tip. T wants to let loose. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Mate, um, so look, I guess, you know, in, in kind of wrapping it up, we've, we've talked about uh, your course. Yep. Which launches when? Uh, the 14th of Feb. Okay, so we're two weeks Happy two weeks Valentine's out. Day yeah, to yeah, yeah. all. Very cool. Yeah. Very nice. Get your, your partner the ultimate gift this yes. Valentine's Day. Um, the gift of health. And we've touched on on the internship that we run. Yep. What do you think the what are the steps for the for the young person that's that's you know listening to this that's like yeah I I, I want to get into that maybe cool. I don't know if I want to be a coach but I know I'd like to do some study. Yeah. Cool. All right. So I have uh, I have a free Facebook group and then I have a, 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 a an online mentoring group as well. So the free Facebook group is is a real touch point for for anyone in the industry because I, I genuinely believe that we've got to We've got to start giving back, man. Okay, and and the the free idea is just so that people can start to listen, you know. And and that's what podcasts are all about. That's what what everything, you know, that you can borrow books, you can do this, you can do that. I don't care what area it is that you're interested in. There's places out there. Now, my first piece of advice there is: do not believe everything for gospel. Okay, so what T will say about nutrition and what I'll say about nutrition and what someone else will say about nutrition, you can't just believe one person and just go down that path and then start spouting that as the truth. Okay, because I've changed my mind 100,000 times on certain different things. So let's be, let's to start with, just tread carefully. Okay, be open, open, yeah, at all times. Okay, and uh, I, I think. Firstly, that those mentorships, those internships, everything like that is so important and you need to really work hard at understanding that that's the starting point for anyone in the industry, okay? Do those things, start to work out where you want to be, follow the right people on social media, okay? So follow some of the wrong people too because, you know, the, the number of times that I have learnt stuff by watching some muscle-bound numbnuts say something that's utterly ridiculous. Um, you know, I watched a squat technique workshop on uh, Instagram TV the other day where the particular coach just talked about, you know, how, how good he is and, and how amazing he is at, you know, teaching, you know, some huge dude who's, you know, ridiculously strong. I'm not going to mention any names, but right between the lines. 
um, exactly, you know, how, how to squat. This dude was already squatting 300 kilos before he got a hold of him. So guess what, motherfucker? He was already strong, okay? <laughs> you didn't teach him how to squat. You didn't change the world. You didn't reinvent the wheel, okay? So I think genuinely if, if you can remember some of those things and just think about it a little bit more logically at certain points in time, but then get involved with plenty of internships, plenty of mentorships, jump online. There's so many free resources now for young trainers. Start your journey. I like that. And I think further to that is, you know, like you were saying before, in terms of identifying a place you want to work at or somewhere that has a culture that resonates with you, yeah. ask those people if they can teach you. Like ask them what they have on offer, right? So if they hear this and they're like, Clint sounds like a cool guy. Looked at his Instagram. Yeah, he's a dude. Ask what he can do for you. Likewise for JBs. You know, there's, um, there's, a, there's a lot of different gyms out there, right? And a lot of different people doing cool things. Um, quick selfie shot. Um, <laughs> reach out. Reach out and see what they can do for you because I guess having a mentor, and this goes back to when I started as a PT and I was, you were my PT manager. So for that, what was that, a year, that? year and a half or so? Yeah, a year and a half, yeah. Something like that. You, yeah, you know, yeah, you, you'd remember that too. Yeah. You were a mentor to me and it, it's... it's it's very influential being able to spend time with the people that um, that you think have something to teach you, yeah, and that you respect. But see, sometimes that's also like, and, and think about this, you know, and, and I guess this is the big one for me. There's two different types of mentors, right? There's your mentor that you pay for. You sit down, you get an hour of their time or two hours of their time, whatever the case may be. And there's the guy that you sit down with and you buy a coffee, or the girl, whatever the case is, right? You need both right because you need people just to shoot the shit with and then you need serious i've written down these 12 questions you send them across to some you know guru in the states you whatever it happens to be don't don't angle it as only one type okay because you'll end up speaking the same bullshit as that person and it's not bullshit i don't mean it like that but you just end up regurgitating the same information You've got to have mates that you sit down with. You know, David Boyle is one of my strongest mentors and influencers in the in in the industry. He's one of the best strength and conditioning coaches. He's member of the of the ACA board and and you know God in my world. You know, um, and and Boyle very simply was was one of the first ever SNCs that I worked for. Since then, he's employed me on three different occasions in three different three different sporting teams, right? But I never paid him a cent. He was the guy that I... Oh, that's probably a lie. I probably bought him plenty of beer over the years. <laughs> Ken Sinker, Corona, the big <laughs> man. But um, that's what I mean. Like, that's a different type of mentor than someone that I've gone and sat down and bought 10 sessions off and had a religious weekly catch-up with that person and, and ploughed them for their knowledge. So I, I, I definitely... I would say to everyone out there, you should have both. Most mentors you probably should last with for six to 12 months and then move on. Nice. And ask that mentor who they would go to next. Yeah, right. Right? We're all, we're all part of the same industry, guys. Like if we start communicating better and start looking after one another better, we're just going to get better. Mm. Nice, man. Cool. I like it. Oh, sorry. No, after you. Oh, no, I was going to close it up there. You I've gotta... just got one last question. Love it. Um, Rise Foundation Australia. Uh, thank you. you got a hat. You got a short. You got shorts. Yeah. Tell us about it. Yeah. Okay. So um, I, I mentioned this on the last podcast as well. So uh, so Rise is very close to my heart. Um, so uh, we do uh, mental health workshops. 
Um, so uh, I'm, I'm on the board of directors. The, the company's owned by a good good friend of mine, Ben Higgs. I met Ben. Yes, you have. I yes. met Ben two weeks ago when I did my first surf yes. lesson. Yes. Yeah, we had a good <laughs> chat down the beach actually. So um, wow. yeah, so Higgsy Higgsy's bipolar, um, and he started Rise because a couple of his mates had taken their own lives over over the years, and uh, the first major event that uh, that the Rise Foundation did is walk from Gold Coast to Sydney because one afternoon in a little bipolar episode, Ben was sitting on his couch and uh, he stood up and walked out of the house and his wife said, Ben, where are you going? He goes, I'm going to Queensland. Hmm. So in a bipolar uh, experience, he was about to stand up in his <laughs> uh, garage, probably not far from here, um, just in Botany, and he was about to uh, to get up and with no shoes on and head off and walk off to uh, Queensland from Botany. Um, so I guess the 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 that's where that that started. So eventually, uh, and I, he I, did the walk. Yeah, he did the walk. Did yeah, the yeah, walk. yep. Um, so six six of them ended up doing the walk um, back from Gold Coast to Sydney, raising awareness, but also raising funds to fund. The mental health first aid course, which is uh, which is now a huge part of, of our of our organisation, um, awareness is great, and and obviously we're we're all very aware of where things are in the mental health space, but understanding what to do next. So that that mental health first aid course is a is a big one for for our organisation. Yes, uh, but also for 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 uh, for, a, for a gym. Because, oh, I huge! Mean, if you've got pro- like, and. I've had this encounter many yeah. times uh, when somebody's trying to make a difference or yep. making a change. It's actually a really good time to have some tools to be able to either help that person move on to someone yeah, specialised or just yeah. create a space that's going to help them get better. When I when I did the first mental health first aid course, I was actually very blown away. Like, I mean, Higgs is a charismatic motherfucker. Like, he's you know got a tattoo on the top of his head that says "War inside my head." Like, you know, this is this is a different beast. Um, and uh, like, um, I mean, you know, he suffered, uh, and he hates me using the word "suffered." He said he he has uh, depression, anxiety, and and whatever else. Um, he doesn't believe you suffer from a mental health. He believes it's much the same as a sickness. You just have it. Okay. And uh, the concept is that realistically, we all come across this every day in the gym. So this kind of behaviour goes hand in hand. Like we would love to get to the point where every trainer and every gym has to have their mental health first aid training because no different to first aid, this probably actually comes into play more often. More often. Yeah. yeah. If you're running a good Correct, gym. Correct. You know, um, and, and I'm sure you boys have seen it. And I'm sure a, a lot of your listeners would. And and look, I mean, you know, hand on heart, like I'm sure we've we've each suffered a little bit, you know, in our own way, whether it's, uh, you know, having a bad day, having a bad week, whatever the case may be. So just understanding that that's a, that's a big thing. And, and look, I mean, uh, it's, it's, I'm very pleased you asked that question. And uh, again, you know, it comes back to the sales thing, right? Like, so I'm sitting here with a with a pair of Rise board shorts and a and a Rise hat. So T, it, we didn't speak about this off air. So he just saw those and and decided to question it, right? But and that, I had that's touch a touch point. point. Oh, there you go. You. Luckily, you weren't looking at your phone at the time. Damn straight. <laughs> so, but um, look, guys, uh, thanks heaps for for everything. And and I guess just a just a, a really quick little wrap up for me. Um, if if 
to all of your listeners out there, you know, please jump on, get part of my my Facebook group, the free group or, or the paid one. I, I don't care, guys. Jump on, you know, get involved. Um, the the there is a special JB's discount for my course, which uh, which obviously if you email the boys um, or, or contact me, you know, that's that's there and available to you. But the other big part is here, you know, I, I really want to make sure that you really understand the value of these kind of internships. There are very few gyms that run internships and none as, as good as what I've seen uh, through, the, through the JB's boys. Um, we were just chatting off air and one of the things that was said is that one of the coaches that did the last internship is just about to go into full-time employment here. Um, I think that's a massive credit to you guys. And, and again, it's also why, you know, I, I, I continue to want to be a guest on this podcast and, and I'm and really proud to be associated with you lads. So thank you. Thank, thank you, you, ma'am. That's, that's lovely. Man. Yeah, it means a lot. Thanks for listening, guys. That was, uh, that was episode 49 with the big man, Clint Hill. Um, if you know someone that would benefit from listening to that, maybe they're a young coach, maybe they're an old coach, maybe they just want to, you know, know more about it, please share it with them. Um, quick reminder, we've got our bushfire relief workshop happening this Saturday, 11.30 till 2.30. It's open to all. It's going to be an epic day. We're raising funds to help communities in need. So please come down and, and attend and you're going to walk away with a bunch of fight, lift, move goodness. If you want to know about the internship, uh, please get in touch. And uh, a shout out to Panavore Cafe for providing the coffee that we were drinking today. It's been a couple of weeks since we recorded, so we haven't been uh, sipping the delicious nectar. So it's nice to be back in action. Uh, Thanks, guys. We'll catch you next week. Cheers, fellas. Thank you.